Mac Power Users, episode 637, Digging Deep on Tracking Time. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you today, Stephen? I am good, David. How are you? Excellent. And today we're talking about one of the nerdy things that I've been wanting to talk about on Mac Power Users for some time. We're talking about time tracking. Yeah, yeah. This will be uh, this will be a fun one. Something that I've recently restarted in life. So uh, we've both been doing it for a while now, and I think we got some fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I feel like time tracking is one of those things that a lot of people think you've gone over the deep end when you start mm-hmm. doing it. And uh, when I heard that you had tipped over to the side of time tracking, I'm like, man, we are doing a show. And uh, actually, the show was your idea, but I was 100% in on it because <laughs> I, I think it's really useful. I do too. You know, as it was something that I suggested in one of our calls and you were like, yes, yes, that one. <laughs> Let's do that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, the, uh, uh, before we get into it today on more power users, I have been doing a lot of experimentation with the iPad as an external monitor to my Mac. Yeah. I've mentioned it somewhat on the show, but I've gone deeper and I thought that'd be kind of a fun topic for more power users. So we're going to talk about that today, but, uh, time tracking, you know, the, uh, as a young lawyer, you know, that was the first thing they teach you. Like you've got to track your time. In fact, I remember I worked, um, for a uh, a summer for a different firm, you know, when you're in law school, you get like a summer job. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the one of the old lawyers told me, "Science, say, look, if you're in the shower and you're thinking about a client, you bill for it. Always track your time." <laughs> and I was thinking, that's crazy. That's one of the reasons I didn't take the job. But they offered me a job, I turned it down. I'm like that's nuts, you know, because it's like uh, with a lawyer, it becomes like this this uh, grindstone, you know, yeah. some of these, these firms want you to bill so many hours that tracking your time becomes, you know, just becomes murder. I mean, I did a, a session a few years ago at a, at a law firm and they asked me to come in and talk to them about using iPads. It was like one of these big fancy pants law firms, you know, where they got like marble tables, everything's really fancy. So I go and I give the, give them the talk and they're, they're feeding them lunch and everybody in there is like not paying attention to me. And then as soon as it's over, you know, like usually somebody will stick around and ask a question. Like as soon as it's over, they all like bolt out of there. Like they're going to go, you know, ro- you know, they've like, they're, you know, like their spouse is having a baby or something. And uh, <laughs> so I asked the manager, I'm like, what, what happened here? I felt like I didn't connect with them. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. It's the end of the month. So they're all trying to get their buildings in. And I was thinking, oh man, that is hell. That is just hell to uh, okay. Um, so that's not the kind of time tracking we want to talk about today. Um, we want to talk about time tracking for good, not evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a, a lot of, of uses for this beyond the, the billable hour. Yeah. And, you know, for people like you and me and, and a lot of our listeners where uh, we make our living by time or by project, this can really give us critical information we need to make better decisions. Yeah. I I think one of the things that we have to accept as gospel here, and this is certainly true with me is that if you think you know how you spend your time, you really don't. Um, As humans, we are terrible at this. Um, The best example for me is OmniFocus, right? It's the app I use to track tasks. I do project management in it. 
And I kept getting emails from people saying, yeah, what you're doing is great and I like it, but you know, I don't want to make OmniFocus my job. And I got that, you know, I understand, um, you know, the job isn't to manage your tasks, it's to do your tasks. So I got thinking, I think I spend too much time in my task manager. So then I started, you know, tracking my time. One of the things I did is I made a specific category for planning time, my task manager. And I discovered that I was spending like 20 minutes a day, you know, that is not that much time compared to a work day to get all your work done and have a better focus on what you want to do. I was thinking it was like an hour. I mean, I just had no idea how little time I was spending there. And then like I discovered at the same time, I was spending way more time on email than I thought I was. And and that's the kind of information that you don't think that you just don't have until you run a timer. Yeah, I think that's that's totally right. And I mean, I know when I restarted time tracking at the beginning of of this year, I was really surprised at how different my mental model of how I spent my time versus how I'm actually spending my time during the work week. Like the delta between the two honestly was much larger than I anticipated. And it kind of took me aback and made me kind of realize, okay, I'm spending my time on these things. And now armed with information, like I said earlier, I can make decisions. Where beforehand, it was basically just like a fairy tale in my head of how how I spent Monday through Friday. Yeah, I agree. And and the very best data you get is that first block of data, because that's where you find where you're really off kilter. Like if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, man, maybe you're a former lawyer and the idea of tracking your time, you know, gives you the shakes or something. You know, uh, we're not asking you to do it forever and all time. Um, but what we are saying is this could really help you. So maybe you do it one week a month or one week a quarter just to get a you know, a quick check on how things are going because, uh, you know, that, that little tune up that, that first week, Steven track, or maybe the first month, I mean, you learned so much that month, right? A hundred percent. What, what was the most surprising, uh, information in your first month of time tracking that you didn't realize? Uh, for me, the most surprising thing, honestly, was the amount of time I was spending at my desk that sort of just fell in between the cracks of big projects and not, I mean, some of it was just like wasting time on YouTube or social media, but just like time in between work, I guess. And, uh, I, I want to try to keep this like separate where we can of like block scheduling. Cause I think they are different things, even though they sort of approach the same endpoint. Uh, but I don't schedule my time that way. And so I was kind of surprised. Like I was in my office like 45 minutes between phone calls and I don't have much to show for it in terms of moving the ball forward in any one direction. And that was just kind of surprising to me that, oh, I'm only tracking like five and a half or six hours of like focused work time during the day, but I'm spending nine hours out here. Like I I had to figure out where that other time was going. Yeah. And and if you read, the studies five to six hours of focused work a day is a win, you know? Yeah. So don't, don't be hard on yourself. Oh but. yeah. When I, when I was a project manager, my, my previous life at a, a web development agency, we booked uh, people hours, like, like a, a, an engineer's time for a workday was five hours. We didn't schedule any more than that because you've got lunch and meetings and phone calls. And it was, it was five hours of work is what we built into our schedules. But you know, when you record a two hour podcast on one day, it's like, well, that's a big chunk of it. And so I was trying to like, just figure all that stuff out. It took a little while. 
Yeah. And, but the data you got on those in between hours was probably great because you saw, well, what were you doing with that time? And, you know, and one of the big uses for me for time tracking is the battle for delegation. Like I um, am of two minds on on delegation. Number one is I appreciate and need it in my life. I mean, it's probably the biggest thing holding me back is that I want to control everything. That's really hard for me to let go and let other people do anything in relation to the stuff I make. Right. I want Mm -hmm. to do it all. But, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and I only have so much energy in the day. So I either run out of energy or hours and I don't produce as much. Whereas there's a bunch of pieces of this stuff that I could hand off if I could just get myself to do it. And every time I hand off stuff, I feel great about it and it works, you know, or almost every time. But I'm never sure what it is I'm supposed to hand off. And to me, that's another big benefit of time tracking is when you see I spent a lot less time on planning so I can hold on to that. But man, I spent a lot of hours in email. What can I do about that? You know, Mm -hmm. can I offload some of the email to other people or can I figure out a different way for people to communicate with me? You know, and like that helps you identify the trouble areas and the potential areas for delegation or automation. And I, uh, I find that probably one of the biggest benefits of doing time tracking is really helping me find where the areas are in my workday that, that can be addressed some other way. Yeah. I want to talk a a little bit about how we approach the buckets that time go into. Because when when I first started out on this, like I talked to my business partner, Mike Curley, and the way that he does it is completely inside out from the way that it makes sense to me. Um, And I guess I can go first. My, it's like my list of timers that I select from, they're all, they're all project-based. So each of my podcasts has a timer. And if I'm doing anything in the world of Mac Power users, that timer gets clicked. So if it's show preparation, if it's recording, if it's recording ads, if it's doing stuff in the content management system or publishing, anything where I have the MPU hat on, that timer is running. So all of my podcasts have a timer and I have a couple of timers for various relay administrative kind of buckets of time. But I don't really have any timers for like, this is the time that I'm sitting down to do email. This is the time I'm sitting down to do task management. They tend to fall into, I tend to fall into project-based thinking. And I'm wondering what, what your approach is there. Yeah, I... um I, I put a list of my timers in the uh, in the document here, and I don't really see any reason why I can't just stick this in the show notes. There's nothing secret in here. Um, so what I do is uh, we're going to talk about uh, time tracking apps. There's two really good ones that we're going to focus on in today's episode. But what I do is I've got categories. You know, the you know, so I've got family and friends, personal health, focus. Um, Max Sparky podcast field guides and uh, some other stuff. Right. Um, so in those, I've got single purpose timers, like in podcasts, there's one called MPU. And if I went back in time at one point, I would have like MPU planning, MPU recording, MPU, you know, post-production. And uh, like you, ultimately I realized that was just 
I was slicing the onion too thin. Mm-hmm. So I just have one for MPU, anything, anytime I spend on this, because there's nothing in the MPU stack that I can delegate. I do all the planning. I, I have to record my ads. I have, you know, all <laughs> right. that stuff, you know, so, so I don't even really think about it, about that, you know, and then same thing with the field guides. Anytime I spend working on the shortcuts for Mac field guide gets logged to the shortcuts for Mac field guide. Uh, then on Mac Sparky, however, I have sliced it up pretty good. Like I have comms, which is anytime I spend in, uh, you know, Slack for relay or uh, answering email or any of that stuff, or I have research time because I'm always like trying new stuff out, you know, and um, I'm trying out new apps that might be, you know, make it onto the show or into some other content. And I log that time. So I have like different categories of time I spend as Max Barkey where I'm not, you know, making a podcast or a field guide. So I break those down. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I do is I actually track personal time too. And a lot of people don't do that and I don't necessarily recommend it, but um, it allows me to kind of keep a handle on how my time breaks down between things. If that makes sense. Like one of the things I realized when I decided to quit being a lawyer was that my actual family time was a lot smaller than I wanted it to be, you know? And, um, because I track family time and I know that sounds silly, but you know, like, uh, we're recording this the, uh, Tuesday after Easter. Um, I, you know, I got up early that morning. We had people at our house. I spent the whole day barbecuing and doing all the stuff that's related to Easter. And, um, and that was like a 15 hour family time day. Right. But I tracked it. So I know at the end of the week, yeah, I did get a good lot chunk of time with my family this mm. week, you know? So I actually track that stuff too, but again, it's done in a very broad sense. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't track any non-work time at all for a little while. I had fitness as a timer, but I even got rid of that. Mine is solely like, solely work stuff gets in there. And I assume that if I look at a week's report and I've only got 20 hours of work, that (laughs) something else must have been going on. But I kind of view that as like outside the realm of time tracking. That's interesting that we differ on that. Well, I mean, I think I'm the outlier. I mean, it seems silly to us like, oh, I'm going to work on Easter Sunday. I need to set my timer, right? I mean, that sounds crazy. But Um, it's the data that I want at the end. Like health is a good one. Like I track the time I spend on health stuff, like fitness and even just going to the doctor and all that. Um, And that, you know, I just, I like to see how much time goes into that because then I, uh, I'll explain later, but I actually kind of hold myself accountable with the numbers I get out of this system. And like, what if I see that I'm not spending any time on health, you know? Um, Well, that's not good. Right. So, running the timer and the way I run these timers we're going to get into in this episode, but I use a ton of automation and it's really not hard. Um, but you know, I do, uh, I do track the whole thing. I don't track time in bed. The one we're going to share, I have, I added some here for sleep, which I don't really use. I have a nap one there. Sometimes I take a nap. I'll track that, but nice. I don't, I don't track the time, you know, after I go to bed. But I also looked at last week's numbers and I tracked about 15 hours a day for the whole week. One way that I think people feel a little intimidated by this is like just how to get started with that organization. And, you know, maybe my way or David's way sounds like it it hits closer to home. The way that I 
initially started my list because my list has changed over time. And I think the items that you track should evolve as your work and life change over time. Yeah. I just I sat down with a pen and paper and I wrote out like the big things that I work on every I did it on a month scale because some stuff is every other week, some stuff is just monthly. I just kind of looked at my calendar, I looked at my task manager, I said, okay, in an average month, what sorts of projects or things am I responsible for? And my initial list came from that. You know, chances are you you already have a feeling of what things you should be tracking or if you want to get into this some obvious places to start because you already have these structures probably in your work life already and it's a matter of kind of putting a name to them and figuring out where the edges are and and I would say that those your list will change over time and I even have it's a little bit I used to view it as a little bit of a cop out but I see it now as as a useful tool I have a timer just called nerd overhead Say, for instance, there's an Apple keynote and I'm going to watch the keynote. It's an hour and a half. Where do I put that? I'm going to talk about that on two different podcasts. I'm going to write about it. It's like, where does it go? Does it go in connected? Does it go in MPU or does it go in 512 pixels? Well, it goes in nerd overhead because it's something that is related to my job that's nerdy, that's not personal time, right? And so even things like when my Mac Studio showed up and I, I took an afternoon and, and rewired my desk and moved things around. That's nerd overhead, right? It's not a specific show or a specific thing on my website, but it is related to all of that. And I have found that having that as sort of a backstop bucket to put things in has been has been really helpful. And it's made me worry less about getting the rest of it exactly right because I do have this thing that, you know, sometimes I just have overhead. And I need to track that too. Yeah, see, uh, a lot of that falls into the research, the Max Barkey research for me. Anytime I'm just playing with things, I'm not sure where it's really going, but I feel like it's useful for me to play with it, then that's where I go. We had a listener write in last week. I was bemoaning the lack of infinite Canvas apps, and somebody wrote me and said, hey, you need to try Miro, M-I-R-O. Mm-hmm. So like, I spent an hour on it last night, and uh, that got logged in as research. You know, I'm not sure. Not ready to talk about Miro yet, but I mean, just as an example. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I really think that this stuff can be helpful. I mean, the the data we talk about is helpful, and but you don't need to go like all the way down the nerd hole. We're going to get into apps. I mean, this is Mac Power Users, of course. There's apps for this, but you could also just do it with a um, with a piece of paper and a pencil, honestly. And and to me, the real value of this is not in the minutes; it's in the hours, like you know, at the end of the week of the month, I just want to know generally what the ballpark is. In fact, one of my complaints about the software apps is they're too precise. I don't need to know to the second, honestly, I'd rather know to like maybe 30 minute increments or 10 minute increments where I, what I was doing. Um, at the end of the month, I'll, the only figure I really look at is the hour figure. Um, so you know, you can get kind of hung up with these apps and using a piece of paper would be fine. But if you do want to use apps, I think there's some benefits to them that I really like. And one of them is that some of these apps have ways to slice and dice it different ways. Like um, I use tags on my time tracking data. And there's two different categories of tags I use. The first one is what I call moving the needle. And moving the needle for me, and we talked about this on the Focus podcast. In fact, if this episode 
is pushing a button for you, I would recommend you go listen to the focus podcast. We cover stuff like this all the time, but I, I feel like um, moving the needle for me is stuff that moves the needle. You know, it is writing blog posts. It's recording videos for the labs. It's making field guides, making podcasts. It's the stuff that, you know, I ship, you know? And so anytime I spend moving the needle is time that I make progress. And I was finding that I would get to the end of the day and I felt like I worked all day and I didn't make any progress on anything. And that's when I came up with this idea of moving the needle. So now every day I check at the end of the day, well, how much time did you spend moving the needle? Like if I spent the whole day in email and paying bills and doing like bad men junk and realized I didn't move the needle at all, then that's a warning sign to me. So I actually have a, a tag in my time tracking called moving the needle. And that gives me an easy way to see how I'm doing. And then the other set I use is maker, manager, consumer. And I'm sure somebody wrote a book on this. I'm not sure who wrote it. I haven't read the book, but I've heard, I heard about it, you know, somewhere and it really landed with me. It's like you spend time making things, you spend time managing, even if you're self-employed, you have to decide what you're going to do. You need, you have a manager hat you wear. And I talked about that in my quarterly retreat stuff. And then you have time consuming. And consuming is important too, whether it's just downtime, you know, I've been watching Dickinson with my wife or, or, or watching videos about how people use Miro, you know, that's consuming, but anything I do can be broken down into categories of being a maker, a manager, a consumer. And I do my time tracking categories linked to that. And that's an, that's another data point I like to see is how much time did I spend making? Cause I'm, I'm doing my best and feeling my best when I spend the majority of my time making as opposed to consuming or managing. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password, the solution Stephen and I use to store and secure our passwords. There's no question that the internet is full of crooks and people looking for ways to break into your data, your bank accounts, your personal information. You need someone fighting at your side, and that is for us 1Password. 1Password is the one solution to solve all of your password needs. With 1Password, you just have to remember your 1Password and it takes care of the rest for you. It makes up safe, unique, and secure passwords for every website you sign on to. And 1Password keeps track of those websites for you. If they get hacked, 1Password will let you know and you can go in and change your password or dissociate your account. But that's just the beginning with 1Password. There's a whole host of features they've got in there because it's an application made by a whole company of people that are concerned about nothing more than your security. They've got versions for your workplace or your family. I'm a family subscriber, but I've heard from a bunch of listeners that are now using 1Password in their workplace. In fact, if you use 1Password at your workplace, you also get 1Password for your family for free. Another thing 1Password does is they keep their users up to date on important information related to security. I go over to the 1Password.com slash blog and subscribe. They recently did a whole article on the basics of home Wi-Fi security. I forwarded it to a bunch of family members. It's got you know good basic information in there about default names of your network and um, turning on Wi-Fi encryption and how to keep your wire up to date and use a firewall. These are basic things, but so for so many of the people in our lives, they don't do any of this stuff. So I shared this article to a bunch of family and friends, hopefully helping them a little bit more secure. And I think that's the real theme with 1Password. They make it easy to be secure no matter how technical you are. 
or lack of technical. Uh, I've got family members and friends that use 1Password that do not listen to Mac Power users and have no interest in nerdy stuff like that, but they are able to keep themselves safe and secure with 1Password. So go check it out. Go to onepasswordcom MPU. Put that MPU in all caps. That gets you to the 20% discount. Let them know you heard about it here on the Mac Power users and start protecting yourself and your family today. Thanks, 1Password, for all of your support of the Mac Power users. So let's let's get started and talk about some of the apps that can make this possible. And we wanted to start with Timing, which is this really cool and powerful Mac app that I know you uh, you've used uh, for quite a while, I believe. Yeah, I've been using it for years. Um, timing is the premier time tracking app on the Mac. If you work primarily on the Mac, this is one you should check out. You can get it from them directly, or you can get it as part of your set app subscription. Um. But I, uh, I'm a huge fan of the app. And full disclosure, I did videos for him, I don't know, three or four years ago. He needed some product videos, so I shot some videos for him. And I think he sponsored Max Sparky a couple of years ago. But Yeah, Relay FM as well. Oh, okay. I knew I knew I'd some, done some sponsorship with it. I just can't remember where it was. But either way, um, this is uh, one of those apps made by a single developer who's super passionate about it, which are, you know... If you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know, that's my favorite kind of app. And um, timing uh, is a time tracking app that solves the problem of switch throwing. I mean, in the next segment, we're going to talk about toggle and timery, which are which is a great option as well. But with those, you need to push a button anytime you start doing things. And um, with timing, it just pays attention because it's on your Mac. It's a local app. It sees what you're doing. And um, like a good example is, you know, when I was wearing my law hat and I would work on a contract for a client and I'd lose track of how much time I spent on it. Well, I could go in timing and say, how much time did I spend on the, how much time did I spend with the Microsoft word with the Smith document, uh, on my screen, you know, as my primary window and it'll tell me, or if I, you know, if I say, if I spent a lot of time writing the blog, I can say, show me how much time I was in the Max Sparky admin panel for my blog. You know, it, it actually tracks not only what app you're in, but what you're doing in the apps. And it sounds creepy, but it's not because everything's local. Although there is a cloud component if you want to share data, but I, I just use it locally. And it gives you extremely precise data about how you're using your Mac. And that is to me, the biggest value proposition for timing is you have rock solid data coming out of that. Yeah. What I like about timing is that it gives, it gives all this information to you automatically. You know, if if you're running something like Timery, which we're going to talk about in the next section, it's, it's up to you or automation that you set to start and stop timers and timing, being able to run in the background and see what's going on can build this collection of things that you've spent your time on. And then you go into timing and you can categorize all of those things. So if if I'm on the MPU forums, it can count that time against my MPU project. Or if I'm in our CMS in the browser, that can count against my relay administrative time. It's like a totally different mindset to manually starting and stopping timers. Yeah, I found this guy who cuts... Um... Japanese wood joints by hand 
and it, I, I swear it's my ASM, was it ASMR? ASMR, that, yeah. Right? That's my ASMR, man. ASMR. Watching that guy cut those strings. And I was doing my, um, I, I lost the thread with my time tracking last week one day and I had to go recreate it, right? Because I wasn't throwing timers. So I went into timer and I'm like, oh, I know that from like two to like four, I was doing a bunch of research and admin for Max Sparky. And I was going to log it. I said, let me check that in timing. And in timing, I realized I spent half of that time, a whole hour watching his videos, you know, because timing doesn't lie, right? It's like the cold water in your face. So I had to, you know, I had to track that time as, you know, downtime basically, because that's what I was doing. And that's the kind of stuff that time tracking helps you with. It's like, oh, I see that. Sometimes in the afternoon I get tired and I go off and go on adventures on the internet. Well, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what I intended to do, but mm-hmm. it was actually during time that I intended to work. So maybe instead of doing that in the future, I should go out in the garage and cut a Japanese joint, you know, and, and like just treat it as downtime and, and do something fun and make something rather than sit here and watch videos. But, but that's the kind of data you get out of it. And timing as opposed to some of the other solutions just doesn't lie. It just gives you the cold, hard facts and if you use your Mac a lot, it's a, I think it's a, a critical tool for this. And it, it's a zero input from you. you. You just turn the app on and it does everything in the background for you. What about when you're away from your Mac? If you're a person who is getting uh, trackable time done on your iPhone or iPad? Yeah, the um, so Timing now has a web component you can plug into and they have shortcuts. Like I built out a whole set of shortcuts. I should share them at some point to track time and timing with shortcuts. So you can do it. It's got a URL callback scheme. It's, it's, it's not super easy, but it's not super difficult either to set that up. It also has the ability, like when you return to your Mac, say, hey, you've been gone for an hour. What were you doing? Um, another thing timing does that I really like is it can integrate with your calendar. So it'll show you, uh, what your calendar appointments are for the day. And since I block schedule, I can see my blocks against my timing data, which is really helpful because then you can see, well, look, I had planned to do, you know, email communications for this hour. And I spent the hour watching YouTube or, or no, I actually did spend the hour in email uh, dealing with email. And so that, you know, I was on target for that hour. Um, so it, um, it just got a lot of nice features. Uh, uh, it syncs between multiple Macs. If you have multiple Macs, um, they have added a new feature where you can use it on teams, but it's the most non creepy time tracking for teams where they like your supervisors, a whole bunch of data that they pull out that your supervisor can't see, but I've never used that, but I know that's like a recent feature they had. It's got the ability to auto categorize for you. So it will go through. And if you start kind of training it, what does it mean when I spend time on the Mac Power Users, you know, admin website? Well, that means it's a Mac Power Users time. So then in the future, it will automatically lock it to that project for you. It starts to, you know, get smarter as you use it. You know, again, I use the same categories for timing that I do uh, with the the list I'm sharing in uh, in toggle and timery that we're going to talk about later. So I kind of treat these as overlapping applications, but to me timing's real benefit is, you know, getting absolute track of what I did on my Mac. Now, if you don't spend a lot of time on your Mac, I think this is a, that's a harder sell because I mean, then you've got to go through and manually add those entries. 
Like if you're someone who just works on the iPad, I wouldn't recommend timing. But if you spend your time on your Mac, this is one you should check out. I particularly like that it uh, has that that rule engine in it. If you look through uh, the timing app website, there's this whole page about about these rules where you can tell it hey, these certain things track these certain ways. And you go into it and it's like this rule editor is incredibly powerful. You can really get super fine grained with what things are are tracked to certain things, like including like uh, if you're using mail.app, uh, can I categorize all time spent reading emails from a particular address? Like you that's sort of how specific you can get in this. And it's just really impressive how far down the stack timing can reach to build this data set for you. Because I primarily work on my Mac, um, I have ran experiments where I did all my time tracking and timing and didn't use uh, Toggle and Timery, which are, I think, the most popular ones in our kind of little world. Um, and it, it worked fine for me. The re- I use both, and the reason I do both is because I actually make my living talking about this stuff, and I want to be kind of familiar with everything. But if I were just doing this on my own, you know, if I was, you know, back to being a, a lawyer without a podcast, mm-hmm. I would probably do it all in timery. Um, I'm sorry, in timing. It's hard. You mix these up so easily. They're, the names <laughs> are so close. But because I work so much on my Mac and the data is so accurate and it's really easy at the end of the day to just go drag your mouse and categorize anything you missed. I'm a big fan of timing. But honestly, I'm a big fan of timery and toggle too. I, I think that, you know, right now we have an abundance of riches here. Yeah. And this is the sort of application that is so well suited for the Mac, right? This sort of monitoring of what's going on is just not possible on iOS and iPadOS. And so timing is just this Mac app, but it, it in using it, and I've been, I, I ran it for the last week or so in preparation for this episode. Like it's, it's such a good example of what a, Mac, a good Mac app can do. And that was kind of fun. It was kind of fun to be in this app that like really is plugged into what's going on in Mac OS in a way that a lot of even other Mac apps, quite frankly, don't do that good of a job of. And it's just, it's very impressive. It's very impressive that it's from one person. And I agree with you. Like, I think if you're, uh, you know, just looking to track time on your own and you do your work on a Mac, this is a fantastic place uh, to get started because of its, it's built-in automatic tracking. You don't have to remember to, to start and stop things like we said. And I think that really is a strong suit and it makes it unique amongst all of these other products. A couple of the things about it is the reporting is excellent. I mean, in terms of breaking down your data to show you what it is, um, it does a fantastic job of that, you know, giving you statistics and reporting on your actual time tracking data. I mean, because the point of time tracking isn't time tracking the point is to you know get the data out the back end like we talked about at the top of the show today and make changes or observe trends and uh, the reporting in this application is excellent it does another thing where it like tries to give you a productivity score like a percentage productivity score and there's there, there's like sliders for each category of project like if something really moves the needle you can make it a hundred percent and if it doesn't you make it you know ten percent or whatever I don't use any of that stuff. I, I just find the, um, you know, the attempt to quantify this as some overall measure of productivity doesn't jive with me. 
Hmm. You know, that, that just becomes kind of um, a game thing. Um, for me, the main thing out of this is just getting those reports to find out where I spent my time and, uh, and then, you know, acting on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think timery is an excellent application. And for a lot of people, the beginning and ending of this journey because of those automatic timers, you know, it's just, it's just, I just can't emphasize how easy. And when I, when I run the experiments of running, this is my only timing application. It works fine. The, the workflow is you let it run all day. You don't think about it. And then as part of my end of the day shutdown, I check my data for the day and what timery does, dang, I did it again. Timing does what timing does is it, looks at what you're doing, like what email boxes you were in or what web pages you were on. And it, it assigns those to specific projects that you have set up. Um, and you train those rules over time to get better and better at that. But sometimes you get to the end of the day and you'll see that, hey, there was an hour you spent. Quite often for me, it's an hour I spent not working where I like wandered off into the internet somewhere. Uh, and it's like, I don't know what to do with this. And then you assign it. Like I actually have a category called, called unintentional time. And it's where I went down, you know, the Japanese joinery. With, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then so at the end of the week, I say, wow, I spent like four hours this week doing things that I didn't plan to do. Well, that's not good. How am I going to get better at that? So so I, I assign that to an intentional or shopping or whatever. And um, so you can fix that at the end of the day right in the app. But that process, honestly, is probably easier than it is with, with Timery because these other ones, you've got to like you've got to fiddle with time dials and things. Right. We're, we're going to talk about that in the next segment, but you know, just for kind of a bare bones, solid time tracking app. If you spend like an hour setting up timing to get the right project categories in, spend a little bit of time at the end of each day, babysitting that data to make sure you kind of get it in the ballpark. You're probably, you're going to get the benefit of time tracking with the very minimal investment of time. And I'm talking myself into just going back to time and full time now. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, like you said, there's a, a wealth of options here, and yeah, and that's one reason I think I think the tools are one reason people are exploring this and, and to such great effect because doing this with you know a clock and a, and a sheet of paper, like I mean, you could totally do that, but because a lot of folks out there are like us and we like exploring software and seeing what's possible. Like it's totally cool to to change your mind about what app you want to use. I can't, I can't cast a stone. Yeah. <laughs> None of us can. Mm-mm. None of us can. This episode of MPU is made possible by Text Expander. Get your team communicating faster so they can focus on what's most important. With Text Expander, your team's knowledge is always at their fingertips. Get the whole team on the same page by getting information out of silos and into the hands of everyone that needs to use it. You can share your team's knowledge across departments so your team is sending a unified message to your customers that they're not spending time reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. First, you store it. Keep your company's most used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. Then you share it. Get your whole team access to the content they need to use every day organize it by department, and then expand it. Deploy the content you need with just a few keystrokes on any device across any apps your team is using. It's really that easy. Text Expander is available for Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Show listeners get 20% off their first year 
Go to TextExpander.com MPU to learn more and sign up. So let's talk about Timery and Toggle. That's the one that everybody is using these days. Yeah, it's, it's definitely popular. Uh, let's start on the Toggle end of things. So Toggle is a, a free-ish web service for time tracking. And Timery is one of a couple of different apps that are built using Toggle's API. So you can just sign up on Toggle's website, track with their app, which on the Mac is real bad, um, or track on their on the website. But Timery kind of gives you a, a more modern UI on on top of it. And uh, and I think honestly, for most people with Toggle, you can get by with the the free tier i mean i don't think i I don't think i'm paying for toggle do you know if you are uh like about four years ago i bought a year of it thinking well let's see how much more i can get out of this and i found i was still using the exact same features even with the you know the other ones opening up so i i uh, turned it off i only paid for one year and i'm fine with the free tier yeah i'm looking i'm on the free tier as well yeah, but so Toggle is, it's just a web service where you can go on the web and push a button and start a timer. And you can set timers in Toggle of um, kind of by project and subtask in them. This is under the free tier. They also have a tagging mechanism, which is, you know, I talked about earlier how I use tags. So I, I've got those installed on my Toggle timers. And they've also got like, at, at the paid tiers, you can go deeper down the stack where, you know, like if you're a consultant and you charge by the hour, you can get, you know, billing reports and, and more depth in your, um, in your timers out of it. But the thing about toggle that made it such a big win was they have a very open API. So, and, and they have an app. I mean, toggle has a free app you can get for your phone and it's okay. I don't, I don't really want to disparage it. it you, you can run, toggle timers on your iPhone just fine with the toggle app, but it's never been great. And then we've got this app called Timery, which was made by another single developer. Um, in fact, I met the guy we, when we had the automators meet up at the last living WWDC. And, hmm. and, you know, it's again, a single person super dedicated to making like the best possible time tracking app. And he's using toggle as like the back end for actually right. running the, the, the timers and holding the data, but he rewrote the whole front end and, you know, timery has evolved. I mean, it's, it's a, it started out as an iPhone and iPad app, but then it came over the Mac with catalyst. It's probably the best catalyst app. I mean, we can get into the details later, but I mean, he, and he's tied into every possible feature that toggle has and put as much of that as possible in the application. I also give timery bonus points that the example screenshots on the website are all from parks and recreation. And I, as a parks and rec fan, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the humor there. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, um, I've had experiences with the developers of both of these applications and you can feel good about spending money on timery or timing. 100%. You're helping like nice people who are trying to make a good thing to help people out. You know, I mean, it's like in both cases, <laughs> Pawnee journal. I see here. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Waffle at JJ is an hour and a half. Yeah. These, these, these apps are both just great examples of, of people who are 
you know, indie developers who are making really good stuff for Apple platforms. And uh, we need more people like that. <laughs> so uh, it's definitely encouraging to see uh, see the competition in this space. With Timery, the, it relies on Toggle for the back end. And I don't know what the costs would be involved. I Ultimately, I would like to see Timery become independent of Toggle. You know, um, giving yeah. all my time tracking data. I don't know anything about the Toggle company. I know they've got multiple products, and maybe they're cool. I don't know. But the uh, I always feel a little weird knowing that my data is going to somebody's you know server somewhere about my time tracking. And it's not that there's anything that detailed in it. You know, I mean, you'll know how much time I spent working on a field guide or making a podcast. But but that I, I would prefer that we had the indie developer own the data as well. But mm-hmm. but the thing that about Toggle is it is such a class act in terms of um, an iOS app. I mean, it's we'll get to the Mac in a second, but just in general, there was nothing like it. On I just I, I tried a lot of time tracking apps over the years, and I've never seen any as good as Timery uh, for the iPhone. I mean, uh, like one of the things I love about Timery is he has these amazing widgets, and like on my um, in fact, when we get into today's uh, more power users, I've got the large size timery widget on my iPad, which is below my Mac. So I can tell you as I'm sitting here today, I've spent an hour and 41 minutes on podcasts, an hour and 30 minutes on Max Sparky and 20 minutes taking care of the dog and taking a shower. And that's like, that's just in front of me at all times because he's made a widget that just drops it right there for me. Mm-hmm. Or like when you're creating a new entry in Timery, if you forget to set a timer, but you stopped your last timer, if you just long press on the start time, it automatically fills in the time from the last end time, which is the thing you run into when you set timers. You're like, oh, I stopped doing email at eight o'clock and now it's eight forty-five. but I want to, you know, log the last 45 minutes, you just long press on the start time and it automatically sets it back to eight o'clock. You know, there are so many little features like that in this app, you know, and, and when he was going through the beta for the Mac, I would send him emails and he would like add a feature for me just to make it easier. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really well laid out and it, it is a very, modern ios app in terms of all of those features but i think also just in terms of look and and of customization where you can do the stuff like you'd imagine you can change the theme color on the ios app you can change the app icon uh sort of all those little touches that make a ios app feel nice and and modern and fresh uh they're all there and again from a single developer who like he really, I think he really understands like how people are using his application. And I think that's nice. I've definitely had interactions with developers or with companies in the past. And you come walking away from a support email or something like, I'm not sure you get what I expect out of your app, right? And that's not the case with with this. And I think as it has improved and at, features have been added over the last couple of years, it's only gotten better and better. Uh, you mentioned the Mac app being Catalyst, and I really wanted to highlight that because there there are people in sort of the larger Mac community who would say, well, that's not a real Mac app. I heard it on a podcast two days ago. Like, oh, it's not a real Mac app. Like, yes, like Catalyst is, is a first-party solution for building apps on the Mac. And if you didn't know Timery was 
Catalyst. It's kind of like Craft. I think Craft is the other example that I use of like a really solid, yeah. good Catalyst app. If you didn't know or you weren't told, you wouldn't be able to tell. They've done such a good job at adapting to Mac OS, including like this really rich menu bar application, which my understanding is, is not easy to do with Catalyst or it may not even be possible out of the box with Catalyst the way that it's been implemented here. But, you know, it runs on my Mac all day, every day. And it feels and looks great. And I, I I never think about, oh, it's a it came from this other platform. Like all that stuff's silly to me. It's really solid wherever you, you use it at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, he made it's a catalyst app, but he made it for the Mac. I mean, it has Mac keyboard shortcuts. You know, like that trick I was telling you about earlier where you long press the start time and it automatically resets it to the last end time on the Mac, it's option L. You just hit option L and it does it for you. And like it's got a massive number of keyboard shortcuts to allow you to create new entries, adjust start times and end times and all that stuff. You can make it very, very quickly. You can, you know, uh, work with this stuff. And these are features that are not on the iPhone because they wouldn't make sense there. But he added a whole feature set to support the Mac when he brought it over. And that's the kind of, um, you know, that's just the kind of developer I love. And um that's the reason why I'm running two time trackers <laughs> because they both, they're both good. The other thing we haven't mentioned it yet. We're going to give a whole segment to automation later, but uh timery is a first class automation player. I mean, there are so many ways like shortcuts, keyboard maestro, whatever you want to do, you can automate timery with it. And um, I want to get into that, uh, but we'll, we'll save that for the next segment. You know, just the mechanics of using Timery are, number one, it syncs with your Toggle database. So if you've set up like uh, timers and Toggle, it'll automatically show up there. What I really do with Timery is I set saved timers. And I think that's what you've done too. Look yes. at your screenshot. And so saved timers for me are the the magic here. Because if you name a timer something a little different every time, then Toggle gets confused about, you know, what it is. Like if I just say, you know, shortcuts and then like shortcuts with a lowercase s, it's gonna do it's gonna track those as separate time entries. So I picked kind of like the entries that are important to me. Um, like I have one called field a category called field guys, and one of that called shortcuts for Mac. And any time entry I put into, or any time I put into that, I want to I want to categorize that. So having it as a save timer allows me to consistently always use the same names, and then timery like really picks up on that and it puts those save timers in front of your face as often as you can. Yeah, I actually don't have any timers that are outside of my save timer list, except for a couple that I have retired. So I had one that was called pod cabin because when I was moving in here and setting things up, I was spending a lot of time just on the studio itself, like as a project. And I still want to keep that timer because I want the historic data tied to it, but I dropped it out of the save timers list. So it's still there and I can still activate it if I want it, but it's not in my list that I'm looking at every day. And that can be something that folds in really nicely with this idea that I really believe in that your timers should change over time as you take on new responsibilities and shed old responsibilities. The save timer is like a great way to filter. Okay. These are the things that are important to me in this season. And over time, that's going to change. Totally. And, um, a little aside, I have named my new studio. Ooh. Okay. Let's hear it. 
indoor studios. Oh, that's good. Like the 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 forest moon of indoor is in is indoor a planet or a moon? It's a moon, right? It, it's a, it's a moon. It's, it's a, moon. a moon, and I already have artwork for it. Wow, you're going all in. Yeah, you're, you haven't started the building, but you got the name. I, I appreciate the dedication. I know what happens if the city doesn't approve it. And I can't build it after I have a poster for it. I mean, what happens? This is the saddest poster in your house. <laughs> yeah. So this, there's an artist. I'm going to put a picture of this in the show notes. There's an artist who made this really gorgeous color. Uh, I think they called it like uh, sci-fi travel posters. Um, and she, um, Danielle Sylvan is the artist's name. And she made me a custom one for indoor studios. It, it's a, it's a version of another poster she makes, but I'm going to have that hanging in there. So I am going to be very sad if I can't actually hang this on the wall at some point. Yeah, this is studios. beautiful. Can I just, this is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, uh, but but either way, I you've you've inspired me because I've probably put a lot of hours in this that I've just logged as Max Barkey admin. I need to categorize that, so I'll put a save timer in for it. And that's the trick, you know. With Timery, you you create save timers, and Timery is really smart. If you start to create a new timer and you just type a couple characters of it. It, like if I type EN for indoor studios, it's going to find it for me right away and fill it in and I can kick it off when I spend time on, on the studio. There you go. But that's the workflow really is you, you create these save timers and then you go through them and manually they're pretty easy to set. Like, you know, there was at one point where I had made these nested shortcuts where I would kick off cause you can start them with a shortcut and I would have a a menu list to say, okay, is this going to be a personal or a Max Barkey or whatever? And then, you know, you would kind of work through the the menu system to get to the timer you wanted to start and it would automatically kick it off. And this was early in the days of Timery when, you know, I was just kind of drunk with its automation potential. Uh, but over time, I realized the app is so efficient at starting and stopping timers, especially if you use save timers, that there's no need to to run like automation for that kind of stuff. You just go to the list of saved timers, type in a character or swipe down and push a button and you're good to go. Yeah. Another thing about timery, and this is to contrast with timing, it isn't automatic. You know, you've got to hit those timers. We're going to talk about ways to automatically trigger it, but it doesn't have that kind of built in nature that timing does of just always watching and knowing when to start and stop things. There is a benefit to uh, forcing you to throw a switch, though. I do find that if I'm having a good day and staying focused on the things I'm supposed to stay focused, I actually get kind of a benefit out of going into the timing application or the timery application and you know changing to a new timer. It's almost like a ritual to say, mm-hmm. okay, brain, now I want you to turn off Mac Power Users mode and turn on you know, research mode or whatever it is that I'm switching to. And it's kind of like a little bit of a ritual to, to change gears into something else. Um, I even do it like often, like after we do a, a recording session, it's a two hour session. I'll take the dog into the backyard and pull some weeds or something and throwing the timer before I go into the backyard is another thing to say, okay, you can let go of that recording you were just doing. And now, you know, focus on something else. And yeah, I, I think there's something to that. I think there is two. For me, it is a, it's like a, a reminder to myself, like I'm going to try to the best of my ability for this to be like a focused, you know, 30 minute block on whatever is in front of me. And I have found that 
needing to go start and stop a timer has helped my mind and helped me like become more focused on the task at hand. And if I'm working, say, on MPU show prep and a relay membership email comes in, you know, well, I'm in MPU mode right now. I want to keep that going. And the membership thing can wait a little while. And I've found that to be way more useful than I thought it would be. I tend to work in a way where I will jump around between things or even have kind of several things going on, you know, switching between them pretty quickly. And time tracking has forced me in a way that I found to be really helpful to slow some of that down and to really have time. Like, okay, like I'm spending this timer is running. I'm spending my energy and time and focus on the task at hand that I've told timery I'm doing. And it's been surprisingly useful for me. And I don't think I would have anticipated that at the beginning when I sort of restarted this at the beginning of the year, but it's definitely been the case. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and to that note, uh, one of the nice things timery does is you can enable it to put the currently running timer in your menu bar. Yes. And I have that turned on. And I, I like it and, you know, having it up there, seeing it like, oh, okay, that's what I should be focused on right now. So if I'm looking at, you know, YouTubes of other things and then I look up and say, oh, wait a second, I'm running a timer for a podcast right now. Well, maybe I should be working on the podcast. So I do find that of, of some benefit. Yeah. You, you mentioned the reporting in timing and yeah. uh, Timery has that as well. Uh, there's an overview section where it just gives you, and you can put these things as widgets, uh, but you can kind of see like today, this week, you know, where where things are. And you can filter that by, because uh, I just use projects, I, I don't use tags. So I have mine set up by projects. Um, and so I can see that, you know, this week it's Tuesday around lunchtime for me. Uh, the, the thing I've put the most time on this week is MPU. And then after that is, uh, a project I call 512 Videos. I'm working on a video to come out next week. And then, you know, it kind of goes down from there. And having uh, that reporting, and then there's like a summer report where you can really dive in and like compare week to week kind of where things are. Uh, I find that to be really useful information. And I don't have to go out to Toggle's website to do it. And Toggle has its own reporting, and some of them are good and some of them aren't so good. But honestly, I found that my needs are met with what uh, has been built into Timery itself using that data. Yeah, I mean, this is a relatively new feature. Um, when the app first shipped, it didn't have this reporting in it, and you'd have to go to Toggle to get your reports. And I think that, again, this is just another example of him doing an excellent job and getting you exactly what you need. You can set the reporting criteria. Like because I use those tags about moving the needle and maker, manager, consumer, I can get reports customized to that or just an overall report by the week, by the month, whatever. Um, I've not gone back to toggle since. And a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm doing my monthly review, I'll just take a screenshot of this and put it in day one just so I can see how I did this month. Yeah, I think that's cool. It is surprisingly useful to go back and see what you actually recorded. <laughs> yeah. And, and over time too. I mean, if you look back and say, well, what did I do last year at this time? And what was, you know, sometimes you see trends over time, you know, when you start collecting the data. Mm -hmm. 
This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Indeed. Go to indeed.com slash MPU to get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post. Hunting down answers to your questions can be rewarding, but when it comes to hiring, you don't always have as much time as you'd like to spend finding great candidates with the right skills. That's why there's Indeed, the best hiring partner your team can get. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. With Indeed, you'll be in good company. You can join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And this is pretty cool. With Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post, according to Indeed data. So start hiring right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash MPU. This offer is valid through April 30. Go to Indeed.com slash MPU to claim your $75 credit before April 30. Once again, Indeed.com slash MPU and terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for their support of the Mac Power users and all of Relay FM. So we've talked a little bit about how we automate these tools, uh, especially I think with Timery, where you're starting and stopping timers sort of manually, uh, being able to apply some automation to that can be really useful. Um, and I'm curious, uh, let's start with you and see how you're exploring this. Yeah. Um, uh, just to cover real quick timing, the Mac app we talked about, most of the automation I do with that is in the application. We kind of covered it in that segment, but the app is gets smarter over time and automatically assigns projects. And once you nail that down, there really isn't a lot of further need for automation. You don't really need kind of outside influence on it, but you can call into the app and set timers um, via automation there. They also have a URL scheme method to set timers on your phone or your mobile devices. And they've got a whole page on it on their website. We'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested about that. And if, if you get hung up on it, let me know. I've actually done some of that. So I've got some sample ones. Maybe at some point I'll share that on the website. But the um, but so you can automate with timing, although I found you don't need it as much because the app is basically already doing everything for you. You don't need it to automatically track when you start working on a Word document because it's already doing that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, over on the timery and toggle side, this is where you need to throw the manual switches. And maybe that's what you want to do. Steven and I talked about that. But you can also have it automatically um, trigger start and stops of these automations on various automation schemes. And what really makes this sing is timeries, like full embrace of shortcuts. You know, um, I'm a big fan of a lot of different um, automation methods. I talk about keyboard maestro, I think every episode of Mac power users, but 
Um, there are things where I think shortcuts is better. And one of them is this type of automation where I wanted to go into an app and throw a switch and timery does that so well. Yeah. The, the shortcut support in this app is wild. I actually have shortcuts open now and just looking through the, the various things you can do. Of course you have what you would imagine, right? Start and stop or timers, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's the, well, well, let, let me interrupt there for a second because that that's what you need 99% of the time it anyway. Is. It is. But so just to, just to put a point on it, you can create a single step shortcut that says go into timery and start my research timer in the max Sparky category and set the, um, the tag to moving the needle and maker. You know, I can do all that with one action in shortcuts. And the beauty of that is now you've saved that action. Um, you can use it elsewhere. Like, let's say I want to create a focus mode about research and say, I trigger the research focus mode and open up, you know, Obsidian and this website and set the research timer on and timer. So you, you can have it be one of many things you do where it automatically starts a timer as a, you know, in addition to the other stuff you're doing. So, I mean, that's how I use it a lot. Yeah, me too. And, and my start timer shortcut is literally one action. And I told the action, give me a list of my projects and uh, let me start the timer, which whenever one I select and the end timer, again, just one action. It can really be that simple, but what that gives you is the ability to tie it thing to things like the stream deck if you're on the Mac. So I've got side by side, uh, I have the timery logo in green and in red. And the green one you hits that start timer shortcut. So I get a window and I select whichever product I want. And then I hit OK. And now it's tracking that. And I can end a timer from anywhere with just the push of that red button. And honestly, that's how I interface with Timery the most on the Mac, given all the keyboard shortcuts, the Mac menu bar app, everything. Most of the time, I'm just doing it in shortcuts through the stream deck and it's fast and I can just do it. I don't have to mode switch if I'm if I've started something. I don't have to go find the Timery app. It's just a physical button on my desk. And it's pretty cool. I really uh really enjoy it. And like I said, that's, that's the primary method in which I interact with the app these days. Yep. And I interrupted you because there are a ton of shortcuts actions in addition to that one that we use so often. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you can really build some pretty, some pretty complex things. Uh, you have, uh, actions for, uh, checking the time tracked for a timer or a project. So you can, see your data that you've already logged uh you can add or update time entries which you can do in the ui of timer you mentioned earlier it's like oh uh i meant to start one a while back or sometimes i'll start one i just need to add five minutes to it in the past like i can do i do that in the ui or i can do it from shortcuts um and then it has a lot of tools for integrating and broader shortcuts. So like get a list of your projects, get a list of your clients or of your tags, and then you can select those and make other things happen as you go. It's really well thought out. I mean, there's, there's probably two dozen actions in here at least. And 
there's not really anything that I find myself wanting from Timery shortcut integration that it doesn't already have. And then one of the nice things with shortcuts is they've got so many great mobile app triggers now that these can become a, a component of that. Like there is a trigger, like when you launch an app. So anytime I launch OmniFocus, it kicks off the Max Sparky planning timer. Mm-hmm. It just says, okay, if he launches OmniFocus, he's going to be doing planning. Uh, he's most likely planning for Max Sparky. Just start that timer. And then that way I don't have to remember to set the timer. And, you know, you can make it when apps quit. I mean, there, there's a bunch of ways you can do this. But I, I really like the idea of, you know, doing setups. I mean, that's a big thing for me, um, creating a setup. Of like, I'm going to process email. So open up on my Mac email on one side and the task manager and the calendar. And by the way, because um, Timery supports shortcuts on the Mac now too, um, start off the, the comms timer, you know, and... So anything I do on my computer to simplify getting into a work mode now has a kickoff a timer um, uh, action in it as well. Yeah. And because it's in shortcuts for for iOS and iPadOS, you can do all of that over there as well. So I, I don't have it set up anymore, but when I sat on the now the old side of my studio, I had an, uh, a little NFC tag on my desk that would put the studio sort of into what I called like podcast mode. So the overlight headlights would be off. The desk lamp would be dimmed and it would like put my phone and do not disturb. It had, it had several actions like, okay, now I am recording a podcast. And the very last action in on that chain was pick a timer. And so I could pick the show that I was getting ready to record. It really can be, like that easy to integrate time tracking with stuff you've, you've already automated. And I think that's really for me, at least like the real power of this is that yes, you can use these shortcut integrations as standalone actions. And again, that's how we do it most of the time. That's most of what most people need. But if you have these other workflows you've built into shortcuts, adding timery support to them is very often just one additional action, maybe two and then you've like baked time tracking into what you're already doing. Okay, I want to do a show on this uh, because you do setups and I do setups. We need to do a whole show on how we do setups. You know what I'm talking about when I say that? Like uh, like putting our workspace into certain modes, that sort of thing? Yes, yeah, yeah. And if anybody out there listening has cool ones you want to share, send us a note but, um, or put it in the, um, put it in the forum for this show. We're we're going to do a setup show because I have so much to talk about on this stuff, and uh, I just realized I need to get it out of my system. So we're going to do that, adding it to the outline right now. But yeah, uh, but if you do setups, you know, time tracking is a very easy thing to add on to it. And um, with with a timing app, it, it will do it automatically because it's going to track what time you're what app you're in. With Timery, you can use the shortcuts integration to kick it off when you start the setup. And either one of those is a um, zero input method for me. You don't need to do anything. It just happens and you get the accurate data out the back end. So uh, it's a, um, you know, it's, it's very useful. Mm-hmm. I did want to point out a, a cool shortcut that our friend John Voorhees put together on Mac stories last week. One one thing you run into with time tracking manually is sometimes you'll forget to end a timer. 
And Toggle has an option, if you go to their website and log in, to send you an email if a timer has been running for more than eight hours. And so the example that always gets me is, say that uh, the end of the day I'm doing relay admin work, and then it's t- my work day is over, I go inside, I'm having dinner, put the kids to bed, whatever, and I've just forgotten to turn off that timer. Well, at some point overnight, I'll get an email. And then when I get up, I can fix that in timery. Uh, John has put together this really cool shortcut that basically recreates that, but on just running on your Mac. So you don't have to rely on toggle for it. And it gives you options. So say that you want a reminder on your Mac. If a timer is running for more than two hours, say that eight hours is too long for whatever reason, you can customize this one. And the way he did it is super clever. I'll leave it in the show notes. You can go check it out. But if that's something you've kind of run into in your own time tracking, this may be a neat way to curtail it. So I do something similar. I have a time-based shortcut, you know, because on the phone you can have shortcuts that run at a specific time. Mm-hmm. And it runs daily. And every day at 23.30 or 11.30 p.m., it stops the current time entry. Oh, that's good. And then, so just every day it stops. And usually I'm asleep by 1130, but it's very rare I'm up past that hour. Yeah. So so then if I get up the next day and I'm like, oh, look, the timer went to 1130, I can just back it off to whenever I fell asleep. But that's the the trick I use. Yeah, that's cool. And that's, you know, the beauty of Timery is the shortcuts integration. I mean, it's a great app, but when you take it and you add shortcuts, and now that shortcuts is on the Mac too, it, it really kind of brings it to a new level. I, I looked with the show coming up, I, I downloaded a bunch of alternate, you know, time tracking apps on the iPhone. And honestly, none of them are worth talking about here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think between these two apps, kind of no matter how you want to work, you can be covered. Um, and I think Timery being on all of them and, and Joe, the developer has said it's coming on the Apple watch. He had a tweet thread recently about some of the things he was exploring there. Like it can be with you everywhere. It can integrate any way, any way that you're automating your work. It's really hard to find a complaint about this app and it's a subscription and I'm happy to pay it because it gives me all of these features and it gets better and better over time. But yeah, the shortcut stuff in particular, it's just so well thought through. Um, that's really what I had in mind when I said that this is built by somebody who understands how people are using his app. Like adding robust shortcut support to me is a great example of like of how a developer sees their user base. You know, we've all, I mean, there's third-party apps on my Mac right now that I'm looking at some of their their shortcut stuff, and it's so basic and not at all what I would want to have. And having this long list of things, like it really shows that when a developer listens to their user base and takes feedback and, and not just from people like you and me, right. Who have podcasts about this stuff, but from regular users who are just trying to get their stuff done. And that makes me happy to uh, support an application like this with a subscription. You know what we need though, um, something about timing and timery could both massively benefit from is we need Apple to open up screen time data to third-party applications. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you turn screen time on, on your Mac, I mean, both of these apps are kind of like going for what screen time is supposed to do, but doesn't do very well. 
But, you know, Apple has the ability on, like, just like, you know, timing can monitor your actual usage on your Mac. It can't do that on iPhone and iPad because Apple won't let it. But Apple is collecting that data. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be able, as a user, to say, I want to selectively allow certain apps to see this data. I mean, they do it with your health data. I mean, I can share my all my health data with any number of health apps by just throwing a box, right? Um, I feel like they should have the same user-approved access model for your uh, for your screen time data, and then Timery and Toggle could could grab that data and help you further automate uh, when what you're doing on your mobile devices. Yeah, I think it would be fantastic as sort of limited and. Some, especially on the Mac, buggy screen time could be. It is the only way to get some of that data from your mobile device, right? And Apple, like, I don't think Apple's going to allow something like timing to run on on the iPhone, but Apple itself could do that and then hand it off. That's such a good idea, and one that I had not considered. It would be it would be really neat to see Apple embrace that. Well, the the thing that's encouraging is that they've done it with health data. I don't right. know what is what could be possibly more. I guess your finances. And your health, but you know what app you're in. I think is is much lower tier than you know how many beats per minute your heart is going. Um, but uh, so either way, I I don't know. Maybe they're not interested, or you know I don't know. I, I, I the screen time is a hard thing to figure out. I I can't tell if anybody's even working on it anymore. Um, but maybe we'll find out in in June. But the um it would be cool if these develop like i think about these two developers in particular who are like kind of obsessive about making good user experiences if you gave them the data they would find a great way to use it i'm certain you know 100 percent. this episode of mac power users is brought to you by zocdoc no one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you and no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than zocdoc The people behind ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare and made booking a great doctor surprisingly pain-free. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. You can read up on local doctors with verified patient reviews and see what other real humans had to say about their visits. So when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot, and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, and just like that, you're booked. Find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor. I think especially if people who maybe have moved to a new area or looking for a doctor with uh, you know, different specialty or someone just changing it up. ZocDoc is a great answer to all of those problems. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MPU and download the free ZocDoc app for free. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com slash MPU. Start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. Our thanks to ZocDoc for the support of the show and all of Relay FM. Okay, we've been dancing around the whole episode how we do time tracking, but I thought let's kind of just go through it in detail. You know, uh, what's your workflow? Yeah, so so like I said in the beginning, mine is all project based. 
I'm not using any tags like for or subtasks to to further categorize things. So I for my podcast have MPU connected ungenius and somehow I manage. I'm not tracking show prep, editing, recording, post-production, right? It's just all in, in that one big bucket. And for me, this is how sort of I think about my work. I think about my work in terms of the output. And so it makes sense to me that just any anytime I spend doing anything with Mac Power Users, it goes in the Mac Power Users timer. I pretty exclusively time track on my Mac. Part of that is, is that I don't really work on an iPad actually at all anymore. I've kind of given up on that. And if I'm doing something on my phone, generally it's not more than, oh, there's this link on Twitter or in my RSS reader and I want to put it in a Google Doc for future use, right? So maybe it goes in the MPU running feedback document that we share or it goes into the connected outline or the ungenious outline. I don't track that. It's just a couple of, not even probably even a whole minute, so it's fine. And so most of mine is being done sitting at my Mac studio. And and like I said, most of that is run through the stream deck through shortcuts, um, being able to stop and select a new timer. I do totally like back your decision to have the menu bar app like visible for timery. Uh, I have mindset where I can see the name of the timer and how long it's been running. And even on my MacBook Pro, I do the same thing. So I can see what I've told Timery I'm working on, and I find that to be really useful. Yeah, I'm not really doing much of this kind of, you know, on the phone or out and about. It's most of the time it's just at my desk. It was most of the time that's where I'm working. And as since I don't track non-work time, I don't really have a huge need for it. It's it's on the home screen of my iPhone, but really on the phone it's more you know if i'm out at a meeting or doing something unusual but honestly it could be it could be somewhere else on my iphone and not be a big deal probably yeah and for me i I wrote a blog post last year called time tracking and hacking my brain that you put in the show notes and i had completely forgot that i wrote i mean (laughs) yeah it was you know still in the middle of covid i apparently i I had a fever dream one day and wrote that post but there you go but i i use a combination as i've been tipping my hand the whole episode um uh, i really like timing i like the automatic nature of it where i don't have to think about it I've done experiments where I ran it exclusively and I think I could probably get away with that. You know, as I said, at the top of the show, I'm not looking to get my time tracking down to the second. I just want general trends. And, um, I like the way timing works. I like the way I can just update at the end of the day. Um, I think it's easier to add project blocks to it than it is with, um, timer, just kind of the, kind of the nature of the toggle interface, um, but so I, I think I could probably get by with just that if I, you know, wasn't the fact that I kind of make my living talking about this stuff and I want to have experience with all of them. That said, I, I let timing run, but I also run timery and I, I do find some benefit, you know, the flip side of what I just said, I do find some benefit from throwing those switches, but, um, I have one of the things I do like about timery is the easy way I can see the data with widgets. 
Um, we didn't mention it, but they've also great got great widgets on the Mac. You know, if you go to the you know the two finger swipe from the right side, you can enable your timery widgets there as well. Man, I, I wish that we could get back to that where we had those widgets just all plastered all over the screen of the Mac. But you know, right now they're in the limited space. Wouldn't that be great if that happened in next month, Stephen? Forget that. <laughs> It'd be great. But it, yeah, but anyway, um, but what I do is I, I keep it on my iPad, which is right under my Mac with the big widget, and I find that data is super useful as I go through the day. Helps keep me on track. Um, I primarily use it on the Mac because that's where I do most of my work. But I also use it mobily. You know, when I get up and uh, you know whether I'm just going to play with the dog or if I'm going. Uh, you know, over the weekend, I had to suddenly uh, go get my daughter at school. Um, as I got in the car, you know, got the directions in, I um, I, I threw the timer, you know, for family time. You know, I'm going to go up and get her and see her. Um, so I can do that mobily. I don't trigger um, timery timers the way all my nerd friends do with a shortcut. I just tap the app. It's just so easy to go into the list of save timers because my list of save timers is not very big. Scroll the one I want and tap it and it just starts. I just don't find that I need that automation for it. Where I use the automation with Timery is in conjunction with other things I do. If I want to, you know, like I said earlier, if I want to set up to do something special, I will run a timer and I've got little save timers I can run as components of bigger automation. So that's kind of the way I do it. Um, it's a really big deal to me uh, at the end of the day to shut down properly, you know, in my day. And part of that is checking my timing tracking. If I blew it, I can look at my timing data and, and kind of bring things into sync. It doesn't take that long. Um, I do spend a little bit of time, um, time tracking, you know, and, and that's another, you know, it's like another thing I was talking at the beginning. Do you spend your time actually producing or, you know, all the mechanics around producing, but this is another one where I find the the limited investment of time I give it be really beneficial because it helps me make big decisions about things that I should stop doing or things where I need to like pay particular attention to changing how they're done. And that makes me feel like um, making progress on, you know, being my best me. So uh, I find it, it useful. And, and I sometimes I'll stop doing it for a while. You know, like I listen to Mike and Gray, they do on the, um, Cortex podcast every year, they share their big numbers for the whole year. And it doesn't work that way for me. Like, cause I'll, I'll spend a month just using timing and not timery mm-hmm. or I'll spend a month using timery and not timing. I'll try different, you know, mixes so I can share them to the extent that they're useful. And, and sometimes I'll say, well, what would happen if I just stopped time tracking, you know, because I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. What I found was I, I start getting distracted and I start finding holes in the day and, uh, the time tracking really helps keep me on track. That's what I, that was kind of the point of that blog post I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. So, um, but I, I will stop occasionally. Like sometimes we'll go on vacation. I'm not going to like track time when I'm, you know, swimming with turtles in Hawaii or whatever, you know I mean? But the, uh, so, you know, there are holes in my time tracking data. I'm not too precious about it, but I do find that the process of doing it and the habit of doing it helps keep me more intentional. It gives me a lot more data to work with. Um, a couple of weird things about the way I do it is, again, I don't care about the minutes. So like in the Timery app, you can have it round off to the nearest 10 minutes. And I do that. I, I don't need it to be that, you know, like, like I said, I'm just looking for trends. Um, and they also allow you to go by percentage hours. 
And uh, I've been meaning to write Joe about this for a long time because it's like, um, is it, you know, 47% of an hour or, you know, cause as a lawyer, I used to always do it by percentages anyways. I would like to break that down to like tenths of an hour so that you could just scroll through 10 items, you know, instead of a hundred. Um, but I, I really like, um, I, I track it by percentage hour. You know, like I just spent 1.5 hours on this rather than saying from nine o'clock to 1030, it's faster to enter it with a percentage. And I have, you know, an increasingly narrow set of save timers. I shared a set with you, Stephen. Like I was looking here, the DLR, that's that little thing my wife and I have been doing, the Disneyland Resort Field Guide. I've got like four entries for that. That's going to, that just needs to be one. I need to break that down to just one. And um, you just keep, you know, a narrow list of saved timers that make sense to your life. And like Stephen said, be willing to throw them overboard when they're over. Like, yeah. If, if you do a special project, then once the project's over, you don't need to keep it as a save timer anymore. The data's still there. And um, I, I, my biggest piece of advice is don't be so precious about it. You know, don't worry about getting it to the second. Just get generally how you're doing. But then the flip side of that is use the data, you know, uh, whether it's weekly or monthly, no, certainly no less than monthly look at it and see how you're doing and see what you learn from it. Because if you don't act on it, then there's no point in it. Yeah. You know, for me at the, the end of last year, I ended a couple of podcasts and actually started time tracking, looking back to my data as we've been recording, I actually started time tracking towards the end of, of last year. I think I got more serious about it in January, but yeah. part of that was, well, if I deduct this time, right, that of these shows that are going to go away, then uh, then what happens? And it was it was interesting to see that. Um, but for me, you know, my main outcome for all of this is okay. I just track work time. All of my projects, you know, bring in money either to to relay or to me directly or both, and. I need to keep tabs on that. And and so for me, it's a a general look at, okay, I'm spending sort of this much time on these things. And I know what each of these things make because I track that as well elsewhere. And are those things in rough alignment? And if they're not, am I okay with that? And sometimes the answer is yes, right? I do plenty of things that don't really help the bottom line of the company or my personal life. Uh, personal finances, but I want to do them as part of my job, right? I want to work on certain projects and I'm lucky enough to have the ability to do so, but it's just a check to make sure that where I think I'm spending my time and what makes sense of the business is what I'm actually doing. And I look at it once a quarter, maybe not even that often. Uh, or if I feel, if I feel really overwhelmed or I feel like I'm just kind of behind on things I will look at the data and see what I can can glean from that. Uh, I'm in the middle of that right now. One of the shows that I ended was Liftoff. It was a show that covered the space industry with our buddy Jason Snell. Well, uh, last week, we did two episodes. Uh, so the show's been on hiatus, and we said, we're going to come back just for oddball special episodes. Well, we've done two. We had Apollo 16, and we caught up on some space news. NASA's building this next generation moon rocket. It's a disaster. They had some bad stuff happen. We wanted to cover that. And so I have felt last week of like, where's all my time gone? Like I have. Yeah. 
and and it took me looking at that report like oh there's eight hours in the liftoff that I haven't spent since January and nothing else really moved out of its way. So I had to fit that in. It's like, you know, and it, it resolved the tension in my mind. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It jives with what I'm feeling and how I've thought, how I thought about work last week. And that's cool because we're doing these one-off specials. We did two at once. That's a bad idea. We won't do that again. And then I can just move forward from it. I can leave it and move on and make better decisions in the future and it was great. It was really kind of refreshing to know exactly what had happened. Yeah, I had the exact same thing last week. was a lower productivity week for me as Max Barkey. And I'm like, well, what happened? And, and just to, I guess, contrast, I look at the data every week. In fact, mm-hmm. because I've got it on my iPad, I, I see it all the time. But last week, you know, I had to uh, do some stuff with my daughter that ended up taking most of Saturday. And then all day Sunday it was Easter. We had some medical stuff we were working on. And so last week, if I look at the time, I, I say, oh, okay, I know exactly why last week was a little slower than normal. And that's okay, you know. Um, it's when you don't know why that scares you, right? Yeah. So it, it really is no trouble for me to look at the stuff. And I, I really like using that make uh, move the needle tag because, like, I'll look at, well, how much time did I spend this whole week? Like, what have I spent – 50 hours on Max Sparky, but I only spent 20 hours moving the needle. Well, that is data I need to know. Like, what's going on that I'm not actually producing? I'm spending, if I'm going to spend that many hours on this thing, it should be moving the needle. If it's not moving the needle, maybe I need to find a way to spend less hours on the other 30 stuff, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I find that a really nice lens. And then the maker manager stuff just kind of goes to my kind of frame of mind. And, and maker for me isn't just like making field guides, it's maybe, you know, um, you know, gardening or working in the wood shop or, you know, uh, or, or making music. I mean, maker to me is being a maker. It doesn't necessarily tie to, to revenue, but that's because I track everything, but it gives me a different view. I'd be curious if you tried that sometimes to do like kind of try and do the, while I'm awake tracking and see if yeah. that gave you any, you know, additional benefit or not. Yeah. I was, I've been thinking about that while we've been recording and where I think it may be useful for me is once the kids are out of school for the summer, because I know that my productivity generally goes down in the summer when they're home because they're out doing stuff. My wife's a teacher. She's off during the summer. I want to spend time with them. Right. And I think that, that may be a good opportunity to add a couple of different timers. Maybe it is just as generic as family time to, see that impact and again to understand what's happening more clearly i'm gonna make a task to to revisit that uh next month once school year winds down what what i find is sometimes i feel like i'm working too much and when i see how much time i've logged in family time the number is lower than i want it to be and i realize uh, okay i can quantify it or sometimes i feel like i don't get to spend any time with my family then i'll look and say well wait a second i logged 30 hours with the family last week, you know, well, what was I doing and how come I don't feel like that? You know? And I don't know, it just gives you, you know, just getting back to the the whole point of this show. If you've got, you know, fairly reliable data, it makes it a lot easier to understand what's going on. And as humans, we are terrible at like keeping track of what we did and how much time it took. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it's one of the things like, especially if you're self-employed or, or you do freelance or 
just a side project, right? Like trying to make decisions on how you're spending your time without the information of how you're actually spending your time. I mean, you're making decisions in the dark. And and that's really what sort of finally opened my eyes to this because I had several attempts over the years at tracking my time of a course of a bunch of different apps. Uh, in fact, when I first went independent back in 2015, uh, I ran another app that unfortunately it's really gone by the wayside or we would have mentioned it here again. I redownloaded. I was like, Oh, you're really bad now. That makes me sad. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, I did it then to help understand what I was doing and see what, what made sense and what didn't. And I've turned to it in sort of times of need but my my hope is by doing it consistently now, and I've got no plans on stopping it, that I can get ahead of these decisions, get ahead of those the, those stressors that, you know, I used I would used to turn to time tracking to try to fix, like after they'd already happened, and I really think now that having a system that works for me that I understand that I know is giving me good data back, that you know my hope is I can head off some of those things and be you know, all around happier in my work and more balanced as a person because of it. Yeah. And see, that's the advantage for me of tracking all awake time is I know how much time I spent on hobbies, how much time I spent on family, how much time I spent taking care of the dog. And I can put that in context of my working time. And it really does give me a general sense of how balanced I am. One thing I wanted to point out, though, this isn't just something for precious self-employed nerds, right? You know, I mean, Stephen and I are lucky enough to be in that position. But I use this stuff when I was working in the law firm for other people. And you could use it if you're in a big company or if you're, you know, a stay-at-home mom or dad. I mean, I think this data can help you no matter where you are in life. I, I remember my old firm. Um, at one point, I had a meeting with my boss and he says, how are things going? And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you know, I'd like you to take on this other thing. I said, well, let me just show you. You know, last week I spent, you know, you know, 15 hours in meetings, you know. And I said, you know, I, I gave him the data. And I'm like, so when I, when I'm, what do you want me to drop so I can take on this other thing that you want me to take on? You yeah. Know? And it's like, he's like taking a back, right? And um, that's the kind of, you know, that kind of data can arm you in a big company. So I feel like this is, can be useful to, to people in any position in life. So I hope we helped you out a little bit with time track. I know this was a nerdy topic, but if you've got some experience with this or ideas or questions, you know, head over to the Mac Power Users forums um, at talk.mpu, I'm sorry, talk.macpowerusers.com. We've got a thread just for the show. So that'd be a great place to share ideas and thoughts. And Steve and I will check it out. And I'm sure other people can help you too. Uh, if you've got some ideas for setups, put them there too. We'll look at that as we start prepping that show in the future. Uh, we are the Mac Power Users. You can find us over at relay.fm slash MPU. I want to thank our sponsors for today, 1Password, Text Expander, Indeed, and ZocDoc. And we'll see you next time.